Jewish audio on Chabad.org. Hilchois Toyin Venitan Perik Hasidi begins with the exceptions of the rule of a person whose muhzak in the Taltalan is the presumed owner. And normally the rule is we say that the other one is the Hamaitzimachaveroi, and therefore all love Hadaya. But there are exceptions. The Ramam begins just as an example that if you have animals, domesticated, not domesticated animals, but they are animals that are called she'ena which means that these are animals that are not kept in an enclosed place. They wander from place to place. So if you have a person that's claiming, being that it, it is currently in his possession, that I own it, and you have someone who can bring a raya to Beisden that he owned it in the past, and the current person is saying, you sold it to me. Now, normally by Mithaltalin, the muhzik, the current muhzik will be believed. Here he will not be believed because these are items that wander naturally from place to place. Same thing would be in an adult evid and look inside the, 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 in the Pedic for more exceptions. Now, the Ramam also teaches us the following rule. And for that, let's quickly review a rule that we learned in Pedic Zion. That when a person makes a claim in court, normally you cannot come with a new claim that contradicts the first claim. But if you are saying something which is a change of how we understood your original claim, but you are saying that you are simply interpreting what you meant, in many times the halacha accepts that you are not changing your claim and we accept your new clarification as an example. When you have a plaintiff, the plaintiff is saying that the begot that you have is stolen. It's mine. The current, the defendant, and saying it, you know, he's saying... This was always mine. Actually, I yarshened it. No, he's not saying that I bought it from you. He's completely denying that it belonged to the plaintiff. By using the words, it's a Yerusha to me. Now the plaintiff brings a proof that he did own it in the past. So now the defendant says, yeah, 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 I bought it from you. When I said that I yarshened it, what I meant was that this is so mine as if I yarshened it. This is a type of clarification that we accept in a basin and we do not consider it to be a chayzer, a toyin v'chayzer v'toyin. The final halach of this chapter speaks about the din of a boat. Now a boat is not in anyone's possession, right? Two people walk into basin, each one claiming that they own the boat that's in the harbor. Now here the rule will be that called the alam gavad. No one is the muhsak, basin does not get involved. If for whatever reason basin seized it, once they took possession of it, Beisden may not give it back to either party until either one of them will have a raya that it belongs to them, or they realize that since no one is getting it, everyone loses, it's better for them to make a zayach loiku, and they come to that understanding on their own, then Beisden will give it back to both of them. Now moves on to Karka. Unlike Metaltolin, by Karka simply being in the field or being inside a house, bechlal does not mean that you are the muhzak. It doesn't work that way. And therefore, if you have a piece of property that there is the, the, the names that the Rambam will continuously use in his example, that if there is a property that we know independently belong, that this belonged to Shimon, for example, Shimon has Adim that it belonged to him, and now we have a Reuven living in the property, even though Reuven is claiming that, yeah, it belonged to Shimon, Shimon sold it to me, or Shimon gave it to me as a gift. We will not b- allow Reuven, who is currently there, to keep the property. It's land. It's not that since you're right now the muhzik, the other becomes the Hamaitzi Mechaveri. We don't look at it that way. 
However, that simply being in a location is not enough to make you into the muhzik. And therefore, if there's someone else that brings raya, that brings a proof that they owned it and they claim they still do, they will be the ones to whom Bezdin will give the property. That's only if the current occupant it was not there for three consecutive years. Here is where we introduce the din of Cheskashalishonim. So in our names, Shimon has raya, has proof that he owned a, a piece of property. And Reuven is in that property for three consecutive years or more. Here, Reuven now will be believed to say that he bought it from Shimon. Why? Because Shimon uh, will be told by the Beisden, if indeed the current occupant had no rights to it, you should have made a valid macha'a, which means you should have made a protest in front of to aid them by declaring and just using our names that Reuven that's living in your land does not own it he's a squatter he's a gamif and uh, it's not that you have to take him to court today you have to simply notify the Aden that at my convenience at some time in the future I'm going to go to a basement and I'll kick him out if you did not make such a protest so you lost yourself I the question is well Reuven, the current occupant who claims that he bought it, well, where's the document? Why does he not have the document? Why is his not having a document, a proof that he's not saying the truth? That Amam says it's, we don't say that. Because even though there was a document when he bought it or when he got it as a gift, a person is not obligated to hold on to these documents forever. If he becomes aware that the original owner made a protest against him, then he better hold on to the document. But since he never found out about such a protest, which means halachically it was not made, because if someone makes a protest, even if, even though he made it in a different country, based on the rule that chavre islay v'chavre, the chavre islay, slowly but surely, the current occupant will find out that the original owner made such a protest. Since he did not find out about it, and he cannot prove that he made it, that's why the current occupant is believed when he says, I never heard that there was a protest. That means there was no protest. I'm not mechoyif to hold on to my document forever. And now, yes, he becomes the muhzak, and therefore he will be allowed to stay on in the property. Hilchai's toyin v'nitin, Perek Shnei Masar, is continuing to give many details concerning the cheska shalishanim that we introduced in the 11th chapter. First of all, even though that Amam already mentioned in the previous chapter that they have to be three consecutive years, not Jewish calendar years, but three years, miyoyim liyoyim, yeah, but that's only if we're speaking about properties that are used consecutively. Like a home, people live in a home 24-7. Or like the fields that are that are irrigated continuously, not only by rainwater, that those fields are not only used for the seasonal planting of wheat or of barley, but whatever, people use that field every day, they plant vegetables, they know how to make use of the land the entire time. In other words, since this is a piece of property that is used consecutively, that is when the person who's currently there only has the chazak of three years if he can prove that he was there consecutively for three years. Masha Inkin, if you have a field that's just an orchard, or even if you have a field that's called a stehabal, which means it's a field that's watered only by the rain, which means it's only seasonally used. You have to have the concept of three, but it doesn't have to be full three years. As long as someone proves that for three harvests of the same item, 
consecutive harvests. He was the one that harvested it. He was the one that made use of it. That is also going to be considered a chazak of three years. And then there's another gavaldic detail in this chapter. Normally, once the current occupant brings Adam that he was there for three years, that's enough. Beisden is going to accept that. Beisden won't further push the envelope, but if the plaintiff will now say, hold on, the Adam that you brought maybe are only testifying that you know that they know you were there during the daytime of the three years. We insist for people to come and testify that you were there for day and night. Then indeed, once the other side, once the plaintiff pushes that envelope, you taka have to prove you were there for day and for night. Now, there are many other details in this chapter that's fascinating. What happens if, for example, someone, someone lived there for one year, but then he sold it to someone else, and then he sold it to a third party. In other words, this property was used three years consecutively, not by their original owner. Do they collectively make a chazaka and the answer is it depends if the sale was done bishtar then we say a shtar has a coil the original owner who's claiming he's the only owner would have known that what that people that are coming all bekoyach of each other were there for three years he should have made a protest his lack of protesting is a proof and is a justification for the current occupant not to keep the shtar and therefore he'll be awarded the field because he will be considered the muhsak. Masha Enkin, if the sale did not happen with a document, the original owner only has the need to make a machal if he finds out that the same person is there for three years. As far as he knew, he didn't know that number guy number two bought it from guy number one. There was no document. It's someone else. If it's not the same person, there was no need for him to make the macha. And therefore, the lack of the macha does not afford to the current occupant the din of a muhsak.